everyone. Welcome back. I'm John. And I'm Jake. And we're here today to talk about the 2017 film An Ordinary Man starring Ben Kingsley and Hera Hilmar, directed by Brad Silverling. Now, this is a movie that I had never heard of, and you introduced me to it. Yep. Kind um, of uh, one of those infatuation trips with uh, Hera Hilmar. Was that the entire reason you wanted to check um, out this movie? Or? I like the, I can't remember the guy's name, the lead. Ben um, Kingsley. Ben, ben Kingsley. I'm a huge Ben Kingsley fan. I think he's very underrated, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. I've seen him in more of a comedic role than, than a serious one, so I was like, ooh, this, this is interesting. Right. Um, he was pretty funny when he was Gandhi, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like um, the guy from uh, Marvel. The terrorist dude. Yeah, an Iron Man. He's yeah. uh, the the fake felon. Yeah, who's right. actually in Shang Chi? The, yeah. the real guy. He's like caricaturing is in Shang Chi. So. And uh, I said this movie was directed by Brad Silverling, but right. it was actually directed, written, and produced by Brad Silverling. Oh. So he's a uh, one starring credit away from this being my favorite Neil Breen film. <laughs> Uh, but so he, this dud is wholly his fault too. Yeah. he's got no one else to blame. Um, I'd never heard his name before. Um, did did it ring any bells for you? I mean, if you hadn't heard of him, bro, there's no way I would have. But um, yeah, fair no, enough. No, I it did not ring any bells. So I did some snooping into his previous directing credits, and it seems like he mostly works on television episodes. But okay. he has some films, um, a couple family films, a couple romantic films. The family films I'd actually seen when I was a kid. Ooh. One of them was the Casper, the Friendly Ghost movie oh. from the 90s. No shit. Yes, which I hated. Oh, I loved that movie as a kid. Yeah, dude. Oh, that movie was terrible. Oh, wow, we're getting some divergence I, here. I only saw it once, granted, but I couldn't stand it. Oh. I was so happy oh. when it was done. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I remember watching that one with my mom. Yeah, that one was a, that one was a Brazzle family favorite. Um Except for the rap song at the end. I remember she'd always change the credits before the rap song. Like, shit like that. <laughs> Too explicit? Yeah, I guess. I don't did, know. Did Casper have bars? Or yeah. You never I, got to find yeah, out. Yeah, I never. Yeah, that, the only ghost that spits fire. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, we can, we, can, we, can, we can round out back to Casper at some other time. Sure. Um, but, so, um, yeah, but he directed that movie. The other kid's movie he directed was the series of Unfortunate Events movie. That ah. I, I did remember enjoying that one. That one had Jim Carrey in it. Ah, I don't believe I ever saw that, to be honest. I read up through seven of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I don't remember ever actually sitting down to watch the movie. Don't they have, like, a... There was a TV series about it, too? I, they did on Netflix. Netflix series, series, yeah. Where um, Neil Patrick Harris plays the Olaf character. That's right, that's right. That. I haven't seen the Netflix series, though. Oh, so something maybe we can compare later. Yeah. Um, a little but, project. For Brad Silverling, this movie is his most recent work okay. to come out. It came out in 2017. Should we, I guess, get into it? Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, so it's about um, a man called the General, played by Ben Kingsley, who was a previous war general who committed some type of massacre, yeah. a war crime, at the end of a communist revolutionary war in a unspecified Balkan country. Yep. Basically, he's wanted for these war crimes. But the country he's in right now is not acknowledging his presence there. Yeah. The UN wants to bring him in. NATO wants to bring him in. And this country is basically saying, oh, we haven't seen him. So you can't come check here because we're saying you can't. Yeah, pretty much. The weak authority of the uh, United Nations. Um, yeah. So he's able to walk the streets in broad daylight and basically like live on his own quietly. But he's not really able to interact with anybody. Yeah, we learn that there's like this shadow organization which is attempting to protect him from 
basically basically being, being captured by the government, even though the government, as we learn, isn't really making any real effort uh, to capture him. Right. Um, this uh, shadow organization, I I'm, I think it was people who served with him, I, right? I would I would believe so. In the, the, old, the old guard, yeah, before. Yeah, because um, the, there's one guy who's, like, chauffeuring him around in a car. Who's clearly, he, yeah. He says, like, I want a, a real driver, you're a pilot, not a driver. So I think that speaks to probably his military service. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he has to move right. location to location very frequently, um. Yeah. He kind of just assumes residences and these people who protect him, the shadow organization that we don't really know about, mm-hmm. um, of expatriates kind of keeps him insulated. Right. Um, which is where, you know, the reason why we watch this one, Harry Hillmar is introduced. Um, yeah, because he has to move to a new location. Yeah, he blows his cover too much in, in one town, so he's got to move. So she um, just stumbles into the apartment he moves into saying that she's the maid and was working for whoever occupied the apartment previously to him. And when I saw this scene, I now figured out why you wanted to watch this movie. <laughs> because she walks through the do- door and he's standing there, gun trained on her, and um, basically makes her strip down, you know, to, to check that there's no, no weapon yeah. there. But I, when I saw that, I was like, no, here we go. Uh, yeah, This yeah. is a... Uh, this is why Jake wanted to watch I, I this I happen movie. to be able to do that without knowing that those scenes are going to happen. I happen to be able yeah. to choose these movies. This where, is like, not this the, is, like, this the, not first the first time, time this happened. Like, let's watch this movie. I like this actress. And then, <laughs> boom, she ends up getting naked in it. I, what can I say? I know how to pick them. Um, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, I should play the lottery tonight. Anyway. Definitely. Uh, Mega Millions, baby. Um, <clears throat> hey, you never know. We don't endorse gambling. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so she kind of stumbles in. He's very skeptical of the fact that she's actually the maid for the woman who previously lived in the apartment. Right. Um, but eventually kind of, you know, uh, comes around to it. And it's like it's com- uh, like comedic. And within the first 15 minutes after they meet, he's like training her how to be a good like housekeeper or maid, essentially. Like she cleans the windows wrong. She can't cook for shit. Right. Like he teaches her how to cook essentially from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know if it's comedic necessarily. He's pretty mean, uh, very military esque. Like yeah, in the like, sense that he's domineering. Yeah, and, and you know, this is how I want it done. This is when I want it done. Right. Except the next day when he wakes up after like the first day, which is like pulling teeth with her. You know, she can't clean windows fast. No, she can't cook. Like all of his clothes are laid out. Right. Like there's this like demeanor shift after he kind of like kind of demeaned her. I found it comedic. I don't know why, uh, you know, I just did, I guess there, you picked up on something different there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and so she does do some things right, but she's like smoking in the kitchen over the food that she's burned, right. you know, and like passes him this, like he wants a light or whatever. And he, she passes him his, her cigarettes instead of giving him his own right. kind of like. And drawing. he smokes the rest of it. He never yeah. passes it back. Exactly. Yeah. I'm kind of drawing a demarcation line. Like, yeah, you can push me around to an extent, but you can't push me around there's a point that I reach, you know, and I do do some things right. Right. So there's like a mutual, like that's where the respect is earned between the two of them. I think. I don't know. I, I disagree because word she, uh, she asked his permission before she even sparks a cigarette. Uh, yeah. But I don't think she was seriously asking permission. I, I think she was. Cause I mean, she does everything he says up until that point earlier without question. Yes. Yes. To kind of build that facade. Because in a way, like, through the relationship, she is his hostage to a degree. Um, 
he says yeah. like you can't leave me because you know I'm here. Yes, and you know who I am, and yeah. I can't run the risk, I guess, of you telling anybody. Yeah, and so, I've got yeah. friends essentially that will take care of you for me if you do try and. Mm-hmm. It takes a phone call essentially is what he threatens her with. Like little do we know, she's working for these people, right? Yeah. So she is one of these people um, assigned pretty much to protect him because after he got driven on the last time, they they kind of were like, "You need a handler now." Right. We don't like, trust. We don't you. trust you. you keep to... leaving the house too often. Yeah. Right. But they didn't want to tell him that he has a handler. No. No. So the scene where she is revealed to be um, a spy, right, working for these yes. people, I thought that was pretty funny. Actually, that was the only part I laughed at because they go to this ball together. Yes. And then he's like, "I have to go to the bathroom," and she sees all these guys follow him in, so she thinks something's going to happen to him. So she just pops into the bathroom, gun drawn right on them and it's just her on one side of the bathroom and these like, like seven guys just smoking together <laughs> yeah. staring at each other yeah, Ben Kingsley goes uh, gentlemen this is my maid yeah so um yes so yeah that scene kind of we kind of skipped over I think like one important part that kind of ties the ending together it's like that endearing scene where they go shopping together like he after you know being so hard on her the first day like you, mm. you can't do the windows right he like takes her shopping gets her new clothes tries to break this he's trying to get to know her on a personal brings her like they went to hit her old school or whatever right. they visit her, own, her apartment yeah, yeah her apartment he like gets gets a taste of her life because he he's a lonely person um, yeah because he doesn't get to go out and interact with people yeah. he's always kept on the inside so he I, he I guess he needs her that human connection also mm-hmm. I'm assuming his daughter that we find about later would be about her age had she not committed suicide. Right, so we find out a couple days after this that he has a daughter, yeah, who had been like who had committed suicide in light of the atrocities that he committed against these against the Turks. Was he did he massacre Turks? It's alluded to. It's alluded to. Yeah. We don't really get answers on that. Yeah, and it was never really clear what he did either. Um, no, well, it's it's that he basically gave an order to kill a bunch of young men and ch- ch- children. I want to. It was. I, I was mostly soldiers, but it was an unnecessary slaughter that didn't need to happen. Yeah. He tries to allude to the, or he alludes to the sense that he might have been, like, set up or something. That he was a patsy and just had to give this order. He had no choice but his own life. It's it's really confusing. That's a big, big part of the problem with this movie. Agreed. Is that things are just not explained. And, um... You know, it's to the detriment of the film, ultimately. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I wasn't... Because I was kind of... Like, now even doing just a plot rehash, it becomes hazy because things aren't explained to the point now. Like, Right. It... it, it and I watched this movie twice. Yeah, yeah right. So, so... It's kind of hard to remember. And it's only an hour and a half long. It's not a long movie. No, it's and it doesn't like, feel long either. No, it feels like there are, f- like, four relative acts to it. Mm-hmm. Like, the opening we've been through we're into the middle now where they're getting to know one another right so he after they he tries to break down this mold which she obviously we learned she has this because she's handling him and she they don't want yeah him to know that she's her handler which i uh that was a i guess the twist of the movie um but i didn't think it was surprising it just surprised me in the way it played out because i th- assumed she was gonna be an agent for the cia agree or nato That's, i thought she right? was yep yeah instead of being working with either the government or whoever the shadow organization of expats are yes i had imagined and then she was guy. gonna fall in love with him and then 
let him go was essentially right. where, I, where I thought this was going. And um, I guess she falls in love with him or learns to respect him, though I, I don't know why, because as I said, yeah, he tries to get to know her, but he treats her like shit through most of it. Um, yeah, that day that they spend together, I think it's alluded to that her father was aloof. Yes. Um, so I think that she sees him as she's a father, father figure. figure. Yeah. As poorly executed as it is, I believe that's what they were attempting to go for. Okay. Um, that's why. So because this movie was so poorly explained, we're kind of fumbling the ball, or at least I feel like I'm fumbling the ball here, but oh, to get to, the, get to the nitty gritty here, basically they form this relationship. After that ball, he takes her dancing and then goes into the bathroom to smoke with these gentlemen and finally like, have a conversation with. Right. friends she busts in with the with the pistol and is like i thought you were oh fuck you can't pull shit like that and then explains to him like yeah i was put on here to fucking you know watch your ass because you're such a risk you know all these people and she gets mad at them all these people spend their entire lives trying to keep you safe and you well that's towards well, the end of the movie yeah where she takes him to his village yes and that yeah which is with you know, the end of the movie like i don't understand because he, I guess, asked to go to the village, and she yep. keeps saying the noose, the noose is tightening around you, and I guess she's getting information from the shadow body that they're willing to give him up because he's become too much of a liability. Yeah. So going to his hometown would be, it, it, it just feels forced because now they're going to his hometown, and now it's a big deal. Now there's a big no-no, and there's going to be people that are going to harm them there. Uh, so. Yeah, apparently after the war that he fought in, like line, the lines on the map had been redrawn, and his hometown was no longer controlled by the political entity that he had worked for in the military. Like, so going home was dangerous because that was where he would he would be strung up. That's where he committed that. It's against these folks who now control this territory that he yeah. committed this massacre. Um. So that's so she's like, no fucking way, can we go there? Like, I know that's where you want to go. Okay. You want to go home, but it's the only place you can't go because it's not how it works. And then in the drive there, she's like, yeah, why did you do it, bro? Like, think about how much differently life could have been if you just surrendered like you were supposed to. Right. Instead of doing this all out. And, and, and he gets talks, all defensive. He talks around it. Yeah, he's though, like, you, I've got but, nothing to explain to you and your generation. You exist because of me, because of the decisions I made. And look at the sacrifices I made for my people. Like, my daughter's dead. And she killed herself because this... This Western bullshit propaganda that you're spewing me right now. Like, what did I do it for? If you're going to sit and throw it in my face, you who's supposed to be my protector. But he's just throwing platitudes and yeah. like, pre-manufactured statements out. He's not actually like, answering any of the questions. And not they're clearing both anything up for us. It. Yeah, either. not yeah. clearing anything up for the audience. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's, that scene's kind of indicative of the movie. Yes. It's a really intense scene between these two actors where they're really trying to elevate this material. But this material is saying nothing. Yeah. Because there, there are themes of this movie, at least vaguely there are themes. Like, what, what does it mean to be free when you can't you know, communicate with people, right? Yes. That's one of them. There's probably others. Evil's what you make it. Yeah, evil's what like, you make I mean, it. Yeah. Well, who somebody's hero is also, also someone else's villain. Yeah. And this movie's written, directed, and produced by Brad Silberling. So, so this is his, I'm going to say this is his vision for this movie. So it's either he intended these themes to be elucidated on in the film and didn't and that's a failing or he intended for all this stuff to be really nebulous and he wanted people to chew on it and but 
I think the way he executed it is ultimately a detriment to the story he's trying to tell. I, I, there's nothing to chew on. If, if the latter is true, he didn't give us any meat or grizzle to chew on here. Yeah. Yeah, he gave us empty platitudes and an attempt to humanize what, what you know, the West would plaster some monster, which we all, like, currency buy. Like, we buy and sell those opinions when NATO or the UN is, like, all war crimes while ignoring their own house all the time, everyone over here waves flags and gets behind. Like think about that um, the, um that thing that with with twenty twelve and in in Africa that um that child Coney Coney twenty twelve yeah like how hype everyone got this Facebook shit and even Obama right. put troops there yeah we didn't we didn't catch him I think it came out later that the man had been dead for years well, there was a lot of rumors there's about rumor it. but yeah. we don't. And we're so gung-ho to be like, oh, enemy of the state, you know, yeah, human rights violator. This this movie portends to be like, well, but they're just people too, like Joe Biden or anyone else with children and with the need for human, like, interact. Like, yeah, because this this man is a, is a war criminal. He's responsible for a decision that's murdered thousands of people. He's n- almost nothing but an asshole to everybody throughout the whole movie. Yes, which she does call him out on towards the end. Yeah. But he's loved by everyone. He's got these people who have a vested interest in protecting him. Someone whenever asks for his he, autograph. Yeah, whenever yeah. he goes out on the street, people treat him with respect. That one man asked for his autograph for, for his, his son. son. Like yeah. He's a celebrity. So they do portray him in this po- oddly positive light. Even though he's not a good character, no, and 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 I think and I think that that's shown when she dies. So he so he pushes the envelope. Let's continue with the with the plot right. a little bit. They we go can... back to the hometown, and his basically is I guess last request is Just take like, me to the the gravesite where my daughter is buried. Yeah, and I mean so, I couldn't even be, he couldn't even be there to bury her because of because of his status mm-hmm. as a fugitive. Yeah, so he really wanted to leave something at her grave, and he. He left a scarf. I believe he bought a scarf when they were out shopping and he was wearing it. And he left a scarf on her grave. And Harry Hillmar's like, absolutely not. You're not getting out of this car. You're not walking over to that grave. You might as well paint a giant target on the back of your head. I'll go do it. And he's like, all right, now let me just sit in the car in silence for five minutes while you do this. And all of a sudden, you know, you see like this Volvo pull up. Right. And you know, oh, oh God, it's the pilot. The guy was so hard. His handler in the beginning of the movie was so harsh with him. Yeah. And he walks up to her and you can see, he's like, what the hell are you doing? Man? This is completely stupid. This is the exact opposite reason of why you, we brought you in. To, to, this is like, you couldn't have done a worse job. You've done the exact opposite of why we brought you in. Do you yeah. have your gun? Give me your gun. So she, she like hands immediately hands, she just hands it to him. And then he like takes two looks at it, cocks it and puts a bullet in, in her skull. Right. And uh, at this point, Ben, Ben Kingsley's character is just. Yeah. I like, I liked his wince. He had a wince that was just with his left yeah. eye. And I was like, okay, ah. this motherfucker can act. Yeah, dude. That, yes, dude. And that was, that was possibly the best portrayal of acting in the movie when then mm-hmm. then like he's like so shell-shocked he like gets dragged away it's not like he can't turn around he can't look but he can't not look right and like this woman who he looked at like a daughter gets shot on his daughter's grave because of decisions he made yeah which is reflecting his daughter's uh you know a suicide because of decisions he's made and like he can't he can't use the platitudes he used in the car to escape the reality that he's responsible for this woman's, this young, beautiful woman's death. Right. So he just sits there in silence. Yeah. And as the pilot takes him away, he gets in the car in the driver's seat and just drives him back to his house. 
uh, to the apartment, yeah, that he's staying in. And then it cuts to a newspaper, you know. Uh, yeah, we being, found him. Being dropped off on the door. Oh, right? Yeah, we found him. We know where he is. He's been arrested. And even before the cops show up, the newspaper's printed. You see three. Yeah. You see three. I did notice yeah. that. I yeah, so before the cops show up, the newspaper shows up on his doorstep with the, his arrest yeah, being these announced. These people work fast. I was like, yeah, yeah. That newspaper, yeah. they're really dedicated yeah. to it. So obviously they're, you know, highlighting the propaganda machine, right? That, mm. you know, that the government did it when it suited them. Right. And, you know, at this point he crossed the border at this point. Yeah, he got into territory that you know, and that that yeah, sighting was going to incite border conflict. Like you know, screw the UN, the United States, they can go to hell because they, they can't come in under international law unless they're invited. But this this country we're still technically at war with. Like he crossed a border right now, he's too much a risk for the public now, right? right? So, and we can't obviously bring him back as a commander to fight anymore. Because then that would be admitting we knew where he was the whole time. Right. So Too they, much bad PR. Yeah, exactly. So they essentially send three military police trucks to arrest him, and it cuts out with a gun on the table. Yeah, just him sitting alone him in sitting the apartment. Alone. Gun um, on the table. And will he do it? Will, will he, he do yeah, it? Yeah. He's probably going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would hope he'd have the balls for that at least. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it left a lot to be wanting. I thought the idea was good. I thought that the actors were great. Um, yeah, I mean, Ben Kingsley just, definitely... Uh, Hella Hilmar, Hera, yeah, Hera, she, yeah. Hera Hilmar. Yeah. I mean, she was good. She didn't get as much as he did. He got a lot of the better dialogue, and a lot of her characters being guarded and not revealing much about herself, or only doing it in breadcrumbs as the film goes on. Yeah. Uh, so she did have to play very reserved. I just didn't find her performance that compelling. Yeah. I mean, I think with given, it was a Ben Kingsley vehicle mostly. Yeah. For me. Agreed. I think given what she was given, she did well with what she got. I mean, I, I the only reason why, honestly, there was any infatuation on my end is just because I think she's fantastic in C. Mm-hmm. I, I I think she nails that. Um, I do enjoy something about her American accent too, because I believe she's Icelandic, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that name is from that region. Yeah, definitely. I want to say she's from Iceland. Um, she had the so British her, accent for this movie. Yes, yeah, she did. But her American accent, or not, um, or her Americanized voice in C is very interesting. That's so good. I know you picked the next movie, but I think we have our well, next. Did two. you know that? This is the first direct-to-video movie that we've done. Oh this wow! This is the first direct. Yeah, we kept it pretty high bar. Yeah, um, but this apparently uh, premiered at the Bari International Film Festival. Never heard of it in Bari, Italy, and um, I guess did not get picked up for distribution until 2017. Yeah, um, like, um, you, you know, yeah. profile and Hera. I'm glad. I, I will say when I think of direct-to-video. It usually has a, it denotes a certain like low level of quality. And yeah. I did not feel that with this movie. I thought the production value was. I thought the, yeah, the production value is good. They filmed it out in Belgrade, Serbia, and they used the city to its advantage. They hit a lot of different spots. Um, I, they were obviously able to su- save money because it's a small cast. You pretty much just Ben Kingsley and Tara Hilmar. Um, yeah, pilot. Guy Peter Stefanowitz, I think. His yeah, name is. doesn't have a name and yeah, has he's like seven five lines. minutes. In the yeah, movie, so and anybody else in the film is basically just a featured extra. Yep, pretty much. So um, I think they were able to utilize that low cost to their advantage when filming it. I mean, it's a competently shot movie. I wouldn't say anything was crazy about the direction, but it looked good. It was, I agree. It was yeah, very work it was. It didn't feel cheap to yeah. me. You know, outside of maybe it's noticeable that you're not using a cast. Mm-hmm. Which is the most expensive part of any, making any movie outside of you know shooting in certain locations, right? 
outside of the actual production cost, like yeah, you know, even, your people even, paying your people costs you the most. So right. even paying somebody's scales, I I didn't feel like it was cheap, um, and I felt like this could have been something. Yeah, uh, I think there's something just, interesting about a guy who's notorious for doing something bad, but is just hiding in plain sight, not even with a disguise. Everybody knows it's him. I, I find that uh, an interesting concept for a movie. I, I, yeah, because I, I also just don't think that you would... Hell, I don't know. Maybe you see this as my Western bias, but it's not something that I feel like you'd experience in America. Not at least in the 21st century. It's not something that you'd experience in America. Maybe in the oh. 1800s. Yeah, when we when you know the state governments were still you know federal law enforcement wasn't the behemoth that it is today. Right. Where like if you broke the law, you know you couldn't wander around Kansas like, hey, I broke the like mm. boot bootleggers used to have this kind of this kind of ability like where you know cops in their localities knew that they were bootlegging. Right, everyone knew they were bootlegging, and they still walked around. Yeah, you know, organized crime, Al Capone kind of idea. Like right. this would be the equivalent, except traditional, like mafias and gangsters. It's not political violence. Like yes, they committed political violence, but they only committed political violence when politics stepped into their criminal enterprises. This was like po- political crime. You know, they what I mean? stepped into politics. Yes, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Chicago, but it's a different. It feels yeah, different. You know it, what I mean? Like it feels like something that wouldn't happen, and you wouldn't see a major criminal walking down the street you know, in New York or Chicago and, and not get caught. We say that and Oliver North works walks free today. So okay. I mean you yeah, know what you know what that was would be pardoned though. Yeah, yeah. Officially well, yeah. this guy was still listed as a criminal. I was yeah, I mean that's he was just was not becoming a convict, essentially. Yeah, yeah, no, you're yeah. So I mean but uh yeah that was um an Dis- ordinary man. Yeah, disappointing. First yeah. Dud, first dud, I think. Yeah. I mean it, there's there's worse ways to spend 30 minutes, but there's t- tons of better ways. To, th- there was something somewhere in this movie, but it ultimately plays way too coy with anything it's trying to go for that it just ends up saying nothing. So I'm not recommending this. Um, yeah, I'm not recommending it either, to be completely honest with you. Sorry, Ben Kingsley. Sorry, Hera. Yeah. It's all right, though. Hera gets, in, gets another round. She's 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 got another movie coming down the yeah, pike. Yeah, she's in the hole, but right now on deck. Uh, yes, we yes, have, <laughs> she's in the hole. But we're on going deck. from our first direct-to-video movie to our first best feature or best uh, picture winner. Okay, Amadeus. Yes, the movie based off of Jake's favorite Falco song from <laughs> 1984. Yes, but the only Falco song I know. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's um, I've seen that movie once before, probably like five or six years ago. I'm very much looking forward to seeing it again. Are we like, doing this one on VHS this time? Is that what, we're, is that what you had? Do you have or do you want to do? Uh, well, we'll find a good copy. Okay. We'll yeah, find a good copy. Because I know we do have a VHS copy. We do have a, yeah, somewhere. I think that one's the director's I, cut, too. Oh, are we going to go D, uh, uh, DC on this one? Director's <laughs> cut? Yeah, the, um, the Foreman cut. Yeah, and, the, and then because the year is rapidly approaching, I've decided that I would have to pick names out of a hat quicker. So hoping that Hera can redeem herself. Following Amadeus, we will be doing the Ottoman Lieutenant Ottoman Lieutenant. Yes. So two more to look forward to. Two more to look forward to. Until then, you can find all our previous episodes on all good podcast directories. Uh, Apple. Uh, We're on Google, Spotify, Podbean, and many more. So uh, check out where you like to listen. We're probably there. And drop a comment. Love to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. Um, Until next time. Signing off.